0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh,
1: my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. Excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, or Kyrie when he make
0: a trade And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV So in-depth that after you play it, you got to repeat So in-depth they might do an hour about the D-League So in-depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie Yeah, Corralis, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring And well wishes go to Gordon Listen after every game, it's very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to thank you for once again making this part of your daily routine, even if that daily routine involves lamenting the loss to the Washington Wizards. Tuesday night, 113-101, a disappointing loss for the Celtics because they could have just put the Wizards away, tucked them away into that eighth seed, and forgotten about them. But now... We are looking at a potential first-round playoff preview with this game. I am John Corrales from RedsArmy.com, Boston.com, joined by Sam Jam Packard, formerly of WEI, now a social justice warrior, criminal justice (laughs) hero. Uh, Let's just dive into this because we'll talk about the playoff scenarios in a little bit. Let's just kind of quickly wipe through this game. Jalen Brown had 27 points tonight. But 21 came in the first quarter, and then bye-bye. That's it. No more Jalen Brown after that.
1: Yeah, I didn't really understand that. Uh, how he, he That was, like, the hottest we've ever seen Juice shoot. Five threes in the first um, quarter. Just super aggressive threes. Just shooting out of, like, long after, like, multiple jab steps. Shooting over people. Like, not really necessarily all open shots. He was on fire. And then just to – I don't even – we don't have a box score. It doesn't exist. So I'm just going to say that he didn't attempt a shot in the second quarter. Like, it just <laughs> seemed like he completely went away from it. So it was a really cool first quarter to see, to see his potential, especially just because, the, like, coming out of the draft and um, in his rookie year, a lot of people just talked about maybe his outside shot not being there. So it was cool to see the potential, but... Um, Talk about, like, uh, Mitch Hedberg has a joke about pancaking, about how you, like, at the start of pancakes, you're always very excited, and at the end, you're just kind of bored and uh, frustrated. (laughs) That's what Jalen Brown's performance was tonight. At the beginning, it was very exciting, but I would have rather five threes in the fourth quarter. Um, So it was cool, but uh, ultimately not that great.
0: Yeah, and just indicative of the Celtics' overall inability to score. And when we look at the playoffs in general – that's going to be the big problem. The Celtics, behind Browns 21 in the first quarter, scored 30. 24 in the second quarter, which is about normal. Then 18 in the third quarter. The 29 in the fourth is is pretty inflated because guys – That was like, some garbage time. That was yeah. Kadeem Allen going off. Yeah, Kadim. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was basically it. Uh, makes you wonder if they should have played Kadeem Allen a little sooner. Yeah, and I thought coming into the second second half, you know, they the, the Wizards lost Otto Porter – to a a strain in his in his leg and I thought okay this is this could be the opportunity here for the Celtics to take control in the third quarter and they didn't and uh, you know I I thought uh, Al Horford was good early on he he had that uh uh, was it Jalen that went up for or maybe Jason Tatum went up for uh, a layup and John Wall chased them down and Al Horford got the rebound, went up for a dunk. It was just awesome, and we're like, man, I felt good about about Horford there. And then he just kind of disappeared. And I, I'm just wondering at this point what what's kind of wrong with Al Horford, or I don't know if he's that was just his level of aggression was was high at the beginning, and then he's just like, okay, I've done enough. I'm going to back off, or if if something else is bothering him. I've heard him kind of hint around at just being banged up in general. So I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed by that, and especially when it gives everybody that fuel to to get on Al Horford's case. This was an opportunity for him to uh, maybe help the Celtics with their scoring uh, a little bit there in the third quarter, and it just it just never materialized.
1: Well, the whole offense in the third quarter never really materialized. It looked like they went a lot like away from pick and roll, uh, a lot of just outside shots, a lot of stepping into some some long twos, which wasn't great. Um, yeah, or Horford, and I guess the entire offense in the last five games has not been um, amazing. Uh, and you wonder if the team is just kind of coasting because they knew they're in the, the second seed. Brad Stevens, after the game, said the Celtics' effort tonight wasn't very hard, and I would have to do a strong agree with Brad there. It just didn't seem like... Um, this game mattered uh, that much, but the the offense. You're right. This is going to be the main playoff storyline. Uh, I think it, it, no matter who the first round opponent is, is can the Celtics score points consistently? I still think their defense is quite good. Uh, I don't think like the loss of Kyrie Irving will have that big an effect on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, if they don't have a big game from Mook, who did not shoot that well tonight and hasn't really shot well in two weeks, if they don't have a big off offensive game from Terry. And if they just don't have a big offensive game from Al, they're really they're gonna struggle to score points. And and it just feels like no matter what this game, the the first round series is gonna come down to the seventh game where the Celtics like role players are gonna just shoot much better at home, and then they'll what anything happens in a game seven because this is definitely like one of the universes that exists where the Celtics just go cold and their offense is just shitty, to, for, for lack of a better phrase. um, like That's like what happens when you have streaky players and your bench is extremely shortened uh, and you have to run Shane Larkin out there for extended minutes or Semi Ojale. Even though in the first half, Semi had some nice uh, offensive mo- moments and he's been um, better on offensive late. You just, like, this is, with all the injuries, this is what the Celtics' offense is at this point. They're relying on Mook Morris. They're relying on Terry and... Uh, I guess uh, relying on Hal Horford and those guys are just not consistent hot like volume scores. We saw a great sequence with Terry and Mook when they were both on fire, but I don't know how um, sustainable that is.
0: Yeah, I think the things that when we look back at the run, the, the, that perfect West Coast swing, the the run that got the Celtics to almost playing for the top seed against Toronto, Uh, last week, that the things that were going well, Marcus Morris was just magical sometimes. Uh, They got big production. Jason Tatum was super aggressive. Terry Rozier was scoring in bunches. Those three things didn't happen at all, and they haven't happened in the past couple of games. So the Celtics, if they're going to make that run and they're going to fuel the optimism that we thought Going, you know, hey, look, maybe going into the playoffs, these guys can win that first round series. They're going to need big performances from people who gave them those big performances during that stretch to out west. So again, Marcus Morris has to be super aggressive and has to be hitting shots at a pretty high clip. Rozier has to be hitting his threes. Uh, another another guy. I came into tonight thinking that Greg Monroe was going to be a huge matchup problem for the Wizards because they don't have anybody to effectively guard Greg Monroe. I don't think Mahimi is quick enough. I don't think uh, Gortat is quick enough. I think Monroe in the post can can do some serious damage, except he just can't finish at the rim sometimes.
1: No, he misses some bunnies.
0: It's ridiculous. And the Celtics overall as a whole have had trouble finishing at the rim, but Monroe – is like right there. And he's he makes these great spin moves and up and unders. And it's very, I mean, for a guy like me, classic old school stuff. I love it. But when you can't finish, it's like, well, what's the point? Because then on the other end.
1: Yeah, I just saw a highlight on Comcast of John Wall blowing by Greg Monroe on pick and roll defense.
0: Yeah, like Monroe can be a plus out there. Knowing full well that he is a negative defensively but he can if he hits those shots be a big plus offensively so much of a plus that it, it outweighs some of the defensive issues that he's going to have but if he can't finish then he's useless out there he I, I love his passing I love his post moves but he's got to finish
1: yeah they they I mean you could say that about it but like I love Mook, but he's got to knock down his threes and I'm a huge Terry fan, but if he's not like probing in like the, the, uh, drive game or knocking down his threes, just like the Celtics are really going to struggle to score points. And I just think it's maybe it's a, it's just them not focusing because they're, they're locked into that two seed. Although that doesn't seem like something there to, a, bad, a Brad Stevens coach team would, but Hey, they've lost four out of five. And, um, I don't know. It, at this point, they have three possible opponents. Right now, um, the Heat and the have the best defense out of all three. So, are they the most concerning, or is going up against a team that can really score points more like the Bucks or the Wizards uh, more of a concerning matchup? Well, um, I because I've changed my mind like seven times in the past four days. It's it's hard. It's hard to say. Like I, I think this.
0: <laughs> the Celtics defense is their bread and butter. So I think going up against the team, like like this is why I want to play the bucks. Like I feel like playing the bucks is, is probably the best case scenario because they're, they're not great offensively and the Celtics can, can win the game on defense. Uh, I Miami doesn't concern me as much. Yeah. Their defense is tough, and the Celtics will have a hard time scoring but i think the Celtics can stop them as well this and, and we saw tonight i think why the the, the wizards are, are such a concern because they they can score and even though they may not like each other very much they can get out there and score there are a lot of guys on that team that can put the ball in the hole so uh, i would i would rather obviously face a team with uh, the the worst offense and have the Celtics defense take over. Uh, and hopefully that Miami defense, they the Celtics can, can maybe game plan and, and find some way to get those open shots for somebody.
1: I'm, I'm very excited for six game, six or seven games of Miami Celtics, where it's just like 88 to 82, some real like Detroit Pistons, 2004 style scores, because I think those would be some ugly, gritty basketball games. And I think you're ultimately right that you want the team that can't just put up uh, a bunch of points and bunches. And so I think the Wizards are best capable to do that. We saw them have some just amazing three-point performances tonight from um, the second worst or second best KO, Kelly Oubre, who I still have a rational hatred for. Uh, but Wall went in for 29. When Wall's making shots, they're going to be very hard to stop. Beal really didn't do that much tonight, um, but I, he still has uh, the ability to score in bunches. After that, the Bucks with Giannis, obviously he can go crazy. But you're right, the Heat um, just don't scare you on that end. But so I would imagine that's who the Celtics most want to play. But really, there's so many like there's no logical way to explain how this ends up um, tomorrow night. Like there's eight different scenarios, and four of them are Miami, two of them are Milwaukee, and two of them are Washington. And it's just based on different. Tiebreakers. I mean, we can try and go through all eight, but it's, uh, it's nonsensical. There's no rhyme nor reason. So, I'm sure there is. There's rules, but uh, I can't follow them. I'm just but, looking at an infographic. <laughs> uh, an infographic,
0: by the way, provided by Sean Grandy, radio voice of the Boston Celtics. Uh, always with great infographics. So the tiebreaker is obviously head-to-head. And then the second tiebreaker is the division winner. And then the third tiebreaker is the division record. So, in these scenarios, now when we look at the standings going into into this game, uh, as I pull up the standings going into these last games, you've got Miami and Washington at forty three and thirty eight, with the Bucks at forty four and thirty seven. So, all of these scenarios uh, in which the Bucks win, the Bucks will then get the. Sixth seed because they they now have a game in hand and all they got to do is win and they'll be they'll be sixth and that leaves seventh and eighth to Miami and Washington. Miami is going to win their division, so any scenario in which those two teams end up tied, Miami gets the tiebreaker. So really, the way we win uh, the way we play Washington, it, it involves uh, Milwaukee losing.
1: Because- Washington has to win.
0: Okay, Washington has to win. That's the one thing. So if No,
1: see, Milwaukee can lose. If if Miami wins and Milwaukee loses so- and the Wizards win, the Wizards are the seventh seed. Let's and- reset this. Let's reset this. you're we- like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> the only
0: way we play Washington at all, any scenario involving Washington as a seventh seed has to involve Washington winning. If Washington loses – to, tonight, Wednesday night, if Washington loses, they cannot be the seventh seed. So let's get that out of the way. Washington has to win for for us for them to for them to uh, let, let me let me start over here for
1: <laughs> for <laughs> so for the Wizards to be the seventh seed, the, they have to win. They have to win for the Bucks to be the seventh seed, they have to lose against Philadelphia. And then there's a whole bunch of scenarios that uh, where Miami ends up the seven seed either based on uh, Orlando winning or against the wizards or the result of the 76ers Milwaukee game, Oh, and the 76ers are still playing for the 3 and 4 seed. So if the 76ers lose and the Cavs win, then the Cavs are the 3 seed. And this we haven't even gotten to the Western Conference yet where everything is even more bananas. It's chaos. It's absolute chaos and I love it. It's going to be a great <laughs> night of basketball.
0: Let's let, let's let's just try to simplify this as best as possible. I don't think we can, John. I don't think we can just go to the infographic people. Washington Washington loses, they're out of the 7th seed. Okay, so let's it. So if Washington loses, they're out of the 7th seed. Let's, that's... Correct. Yeah. If, if Milwaukee wins, they are also out of the 7th seed. So any scenario in which Milwaukee wins, they are not the 7th seed. Any scenario in which Washington loses, they are not the 7th seed. So if any of those two things happen tomorrow night, Milwaukee wins, Washington loses, we play neither of those teams. Okay? The rest involves a weird mishmash and it's much more likely that we're going to play Miami in all of this because Miami has the tiebreaker over both of those teams because they are going to win a division.
1: Okay. That was well done. And I didn't think we could do it. And and by we, I I mean you and you did it and I'm proud. Thank you. We we got through it. That was
0: the simplest way I could put
1: it. Sheesh.
0: Man, if anybody got through to that point, congratulations because oh, I'm sure there was a sure whole they're... hodgepodge of craziness. But you're right because Philly is still playing for something. If they want that third seed, they are they're playing Milwaukee and that means something. Now, it's going to be interesting because now Philly's won 15 straight games. That's an entirely different story. Uh, they've they've gotten fat off of a lot of bad teams and so Maybe going in against the the Bucks, maybe they can't they can't uh, go through and, and finish that off. If they lose, if Philly loses, Cleveland's got back to back games against the Knicks. So all Cleveland has to do is beat the Knicks twice, and the Knicks, I'm sure, are going to ha- happily lay down to improve their their uh, draft uh, sl- slotting. Boy, I just completely had a stroke on that sentence. <laughs> Point is, New York will completely tank that game, those games. So very easily could be Cleveland in the third seed. So Wednesday night, the final night of the the season, is just going to be mayhem. And like you said, we haven't even touched on the West. If you want to hear about the West, we're not going to get into that now. But I will get into that with Jake Madison on a Locked On NBA podcast. Because once we're done here with the Locked On Celtics podcast that I edit and post, then I'm going to turn around and record a Locked On NBA podcast where we're going to talk about the East and the West. So make sure that you... Good thing you
1: got your reps in now for that that Eastern Conference explanation. Now you're going to (laughs) be ready to
0: go. I've got it all hammered out. So we'll get it right in the first try on that one. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA to make sure you get that with me and Jake Madison. That'll be ready for you in the morning as well. Subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast just for every day. The you get a nice about half hour or so show, just really recapping the the, the previous night in the NBA. Now going into the playoffs, it's going to be a lot of fun. You get everything in a nice bite sized uh, bite size serving there for you every day on the Lockdown NBA podcast. Okay. Uh, so with all that in mind, the, the Celtics play the Nets, which they will lose, which is great because they're going to turn that Nets pick into a slightly worse pick for the Cavaliers. You
1: don't, you don't know that
0: they'll lose. Jabari Bird's going
1: to score 45
0: points. Oh, no, they're going to lose, man. They better lose. I'm act, I'm actively hoping the Celtics lose that game. So just
1: to going to hit seven threes. They yeah, probably will, won't he? I mean, at this point, I anything I will anything could happen with the Celtics and uh like the the lesser guys believing in themselves to just go out there. Plus it's also the Nets, so I'm not sure what they're playing for. It's the last night of the NBA season. Anything could happen. You're right, I would actually I have no I, I cannot make any <laughs> predictions about tomorrow night's game because I have zero idea what's going to happen. Uh so that's the kind of insight you need from me on the locked on Celtics podcast. <laughs>
0: So, the only three things that are set in the entire NBA tomorrow, going into, going into the, the Wednesday night games, we know that the Toronto Raptors are the one seed in the East, the Celtics are the two seed in the East, and the Pacers are the fifth seed in the East. Those are the only three things in the East that are set. And out West, the only, three, the only two things are set, the Rockets, number one, the Warriors, number two. Everything else is up for grabs. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's going to be a wild, wild, wild final night of the season. I can't believe the season is over.
1: I know. It it, it flew by, but also for the past two weeks, I've been dying for the playoffs to start. So it's been kind of a a weird uh, mystery zone, a Springfield mystery spot, if you will.
0: (laughs) Well, grab your camera. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Uh, Do you have a junk drawer? Uh, I do. All right. Let's junk drawer it up before we wrap it up.
1: Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, first off, I think the the perfect junk topic is Donovan Mitchell wearing the uh, <laughs> the hoodie that defined the word rookie on his sh- uh, on the front, and then just like you saw that come out, and NBA Twitter exploded. And first, you had the wave of the crazy Sixers fans getting really mad online and talking about how like Donovan Mitchell needs to define the word played, and then you had the reaction of people calling Donovan Mitchell salty, and then. It just really exploded into some a lot of craziness. NBA Twitter has been popping off, um, just with some pettiness, some drama, and it's exactly what I've needed to get through <laughs> the last two weeks of the season. Um, and it was uh, it was some a thing of beauty tonight. Um, oh man, I got swept up in it. Yeah, what? you and Snotty went at it for yeah. no reason at all, and we like each
0: other. Like I like him. I think yes. he likes me. We like each other, and we just automatically just boom went nuts out. Like, what the fuck just happened here?
1: Like, that was that's, that was weird. That's Celtics fans waiting for the like the end of this. There's just like a lot of pent up rage and just energy, and I don't know. But it's not just Celtics fan. It's all of NBA Twitter. has just been um, in this mood, and I think I need a Sixers uh, Celtics. Second round series, like I'm begging for it because I would love to see it. The Twitter hatred and how ugly it get, and the memes, the memes, people. (laughs) My God, I think it would be like that's a successful postseason right there. And like I, I lived in Philadelphia for a while. I have a lot of um, mean things to say about that city and the the sports fans there. It just would be so perfect. So um, my hot take is the Celtics would win that series in the second round we can save that for
0: another time, but
1: I think I I'm ready to buy into that hot take. If it's entirely based on Marcus smart coming back and willing them to victory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well then, yeah, I agree with you a (laughs) hundred percent. It's just whether or not they, well, here's what's going to happen. Clearly is they're going to play. They're probably going to get down. Oh two. They're going to work their way back to a game seven. That's when Marcus smart returns. And then they win like a game (laughs) seven by like 25. That would be amazing. Well, we'll save that for another day,
0: but that's my hot take. just the piss off Philly fans.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what—that's kind of what I live
0: for at this point. Um, By the not... way, more Philly talk coming up in the Lockdown NBA podcast.
1: So, just a tease there.
0: Go ahead, continue.
1: Uh, we got a successful Tito lob to a cool Jason dunk. Um, I just thought that had to be noted, a Tito lob. We had some Baines threes recently this year. We had Monroe going uh, up and over the left shoulder or the right shoulder the, uh, the other day. We had some semi uh, driving to the like lane on Serge Ibaka for a finger roll. Some real odd stuff's been going on, and so the Tito lob just kept it all off.
0: Hey, I'm all for successful lobs. They are few and far between.
1: I got this tweet in the middle of the game from at JF Driscoll 7. June 26th 1997, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is published. Nine months later, Jason Tatum is born. Coincidence? I'll leave that for you to decide Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I'm all for this one. This is a what this didn't even use the raining junk hashtag just added me personally because he knew I would care <laughs> about this take. And for the idea that um, and for you Harry Potter nerds out there, the Philosopher's Stone is the British version of the first book. The Sorcerer's Stone is the American version. So this guy specifically mentioned the British version. So the idea that the British release of Harry Potter inspired the conception of Jason Tatum is a take and a theory that I can get behind. And I just have to say a tip of the hat uh, and kudos to at JF Driscoll seven for just making my night. That is wonderful stuff. I have no idea what any of this means. So that's fair. Um, but some people might, and they're going to realize that that's an absolutely an insane thing to tweet. So that's wonderful. Um, and then finally, I, I just feel like we haven't mentioned this uh, or at least I haven't got to mention this here, but every single time Greg Ron Rowe m- attempts a layup, he screams out and one. And it really cheapens uh, the meaning of and one, uh, but uh, it makes me laugh every single time because it's just like, no, man, I don't think he's ever gotten one and one. And it, it like when people do it in pickup, it really pisses me off, especially when they miss the shot. Um, but when Greg Monroe does it, it's just, uh, it's entertaining. Cause I, maybe, maybe I'm just, uh, brainwashed, but, or wearing the green goggles, but it everything is. Moose does except for missing easy layups is pretty entertaining to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, that would be entertaining if he started making those, but yes, every single time he yells out and one, when, when you miss so many shots, stop, stop yelling. And one, make the shots before you yell and one. Okay, just make the shots, please.
1: It's just part of his like it's like he has a tick or just like it's part of his is part of his shot process. It's like when he releases, he has to yell "and one. And uh, it's clearly not working for him, but um, I'm all for it. So if he's
0: in the locker room taking tape off his ankles and he throws a hook shot towards the trash, he yells out and one just because when his arm goes up, it triggers a nervous reaction in his mouth
1: yeah if there's a little bit of contact i would say so yeah if maybe he has to reach over someone uh maybe someone bumps him on the body i don't think he's just going to do it out with, uh, with nobody touching him but yeah well yeah that's all the junk i got i oh, mean i got all i got junk. very distracted by the nba twitter uh exploding and uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that, that was
1: a fun that was a fun experience
0: uh all right well uh, speaking of junk, let's uh, wrap up the, the, the game and basically the season for the Boston Celtics. Celtics lose, again, 113-101 to the Wizards. They are still the second seed, and that that's not going anywhere. It looks like they will end the season with 54 wins, uh, which is still a hell of a season, even if it goes to 55, after the Gordon Hayward injury. So we will wrap things up uh, after that and and kind of do like a post-mortem before we figure out who the playoff opponent is and and once we get all of the playoff scenarios untangled after the Wednesday night games. Ah, All right. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast wherever you find your podcast. Thanks uh, for tuning in and finally downloading us. We want to welcome you, welcome you aboard. If you are a subscriber, you have not subsc- you have not given us that five star rating. Please do so and give us a good review and be sure to spread the word. Let everybody know they should be listening to us, the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.